0: Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is November 15th. Today, we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me blog, and we're going to jump into James chapter 3. Now, in James chapter 3, James is going to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about kind of a new point or a new topic here. Listen to what he says. He starts out in verse 1 My brethren, Be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now, I love what he's saying here because he's saying, you know what, in a lot of things we make mistakes, we mess up, but if we can control what comes out of our mouth then we could control everything else. I love the imagery that he uses of a bridle there. Think about a bridle that you use for a horse. It goes in the horse's mouth, right? And once that bridle is in the horse's mouth, then that bridle is able to control where the horse goes. And so here, James is saying that probably one of the hardest things that we can do is to control the things that come out of our mouths. But if we can have that kind of self-mastery, that kind of self-control, then we can control all the other appetites and passions and temptations. He continues with that metaphor when he says, behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. For behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And so he continues with this imagery of just little things making a huge difference. He talks about bridling the body, then he talks about the bit in the horse's mouth, and how it controls where the horse goes. He talks about the helm on a ship. And even though it's little, it can dictate the course of the entire ship. And then again, he brings that imagery back. He says, even though the tongue is just such a small thing, it causes big things to happen. It boasteth great things. And then I love down in verse 10, it says, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. We need to control what comes out of our mouths. We shouldn't spout blessings with one breath and curses with the next. It is imperative that we speak kindness, that we speak truth, that we do good things with the words that come out of our mouths. Elder Holland back in 2007 gave one of the best talks I've ever heard on this. It was called Tongue of Angels. And I'm going to play a portion of that because it is absolutely phenomenal. Listen to what he says.
1: It is with this realization of the power and sanctity of words that I wish to caution us if caution is needed regarding how we speak to each other and how we speak of ourselves. There is a line from the Apocrypha which puts the seriousness of this issue better than I can. It reads, the stroke of the whip maketh marks in the flesh but the stroke of the tongue breaketh bones." With that stinging image in mind, I was particularly impressed to read in the book of James that there was a way I could be a perfect man. Said James, For in many things we offend all, but if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able to bridle the whole body. Well, that's pretty straightforward. Obviously, James doesn't mean our tongues are always iniquitous, nor that everything we say is full of deadly poison, but he clearly means that at least some things we say can be destructive, even venomous, and that is a chilling indictment for a Latter-day Saint. The voice that bears profound testimony, utters fervent prayer, and sings the hymns of Zion can be the same voice that berates and criticizes, embarrasses and demeans, inflicts pain, and destroys the spirit of oneself and of others in the process. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. James grieves, My brethren and sisters, these things ought not so to be. Is this something we could all work on just a little? Is this an area which we could each try to be a little more like a perfect man or woman. Husbands, you've been entrusted with the most sacred gift God can give you, a wife, a daughter of God, the mother of your children, who has voluntarily given herself to you for love and joyful companionship. Think of the kind things you said when you were courting. Think of the blessings you've given with hands placed lovingly upon her head. Think of yourself and of her as the god and goddess you both inherently are. Then reflect on other moments characterized by cold, caustic, unbridled words. Given the damage that can be done with our tongues, little wonder the Savior said, Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. This defileth a man. A husband who would never dream of striking his wife physically can break if not her bones, then certainly her heart by the brutality of thoughtless or unkind speech. In that same spirit, we speak to the sisters as well, for the sin of verbal abuse knows no gender. Wives, what of the unbridled tongue in your mouth, of the power for good or ill in your words, How is it that such a lovely voice, which by divine nature is so angelic, so close to the veil, so instinctively gentle and inherently kind, could ever, in a turn, be so shrill, so biting, so acrid and untamed? A woman's words can be more piercing than any dagger ever forged, and they can drive the people they love to retreat beyond a barrier more distant than anyone in the beginning of that exchange could ever have imagined. Sisters, there is no place in that magnificent spirit of yours for a serbic or abrasive expression of any kind, including gossip or backbiting or catty remarks. Perhaps we could honor the Savior's declaration to be of good cheer. Indeed, it seems to me we may be more guilty of breaking that commandment than almost any other. Speak hopefully. Speak encouragingly, including about yourself. Try not to complain and moan incessantly. As someone once said, even in the golden age of civilization, someone undoubtedly grumbled that everything looked too yellow. I've often thought that Nephi's being bound with cords and beaten by rods must have been more tolerable to him than listening to Laman and Lemuel's constant murmuring. Surely he must have said at least once, hit me one more time, I can still hear you. Life has its problems, and there are negative things to face. But please accept one of Elder Holland's maxims for living. No misfortune is so bad that whining about it won't make it worse. So, brothers and sisters, in this long, eternal quest to be more like our Savior, may we try to be perfect men and women in at least this one way now, by offending not in word, or, more positively put, by speaking with a new tongue, the tongue of angels. Our words, like our deeds, should be filled with faith and hope and charity. The three great Christian imperatives so desperately needed in the world today.
0: My friends, the things that we say matter, and the way we say them matters. I need to improve in this so much. I tend to be a little bit sarcastic, but the words that we speak, the love that we share makes a difference. Let us not get caught up in criticism, in backbiting, in gossip, in anger, and let us show our love in word and in deed. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Bailey Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.